Welcome to Chabad Inspiration, a Passover Inspiration podcast. Rabbi Manus Friedman, a Chabad Shliach in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, told the story many years ago of his neighbor. His neighbor wasn't Jewish, and he noticed Rabbi Friedman's traditions and customs, and he would often ask him questions. Maybe he was a Bible fellow, he enjoyed listening to interpretations of the wisdom of the Bible. But in any case, he sees Rabbi Friedman and he says, Rabbi, can I ask you a question about God, about this and the other? One day, he sees Rabbi Friedman carrying boxes into his home. And he says to the rabbi, Rabbi, what's going on? It's his neighbor. Rabbi Friedman says to him with a smile, well, it's another holiday. He says, really, which Jewish holiday is it now? He says, now we're going to celebrate the holiday of Pesach, that's Passover. He says, what's that? says, well, that's the holiday that we celebrate our freedom. We were once slaves. The fellow says to Rabbi Friedman, really? When was this? When were you guys slaves that you're celebrating? Rabbi Friedman smiles and says, well, that was about 3,300 years ago. The fellow pauses in shock. And he says, Rabbi, time to get over it. Sometimes years pass by and we wonder to ourselves, what are we celebrating? An old story? Aren't there any newer and fresher stories to celebrate? Newer miracles? There are miracles all the time in Jewish history. In the Haggadah, we say the words, which means in every single generation, one has to see themselves as if they personally left the land of Egypt. The question is obvious. Really? I don't think you or I were ever Slaves in Egypt, certainly most of us haven't even visited the land of Egypt, let alone being slaves in Egypt. What does that mean? We need to see ourselves as if we are leaving the land of Egypt. The Rebbe explains, the word Mitzrayim is from the Hebrew word Meitzar, meaning to say the word for Egypt in Hebrew has the same root as the word Meitzar, narrowness and limitations. You see, the Jew doesn't just celebrate history. We're not just historians, although we're always grateful for past, for past miracles. But in addition to that, we are also celebrating daily our freedom. We set ourselves free on a daily basis. We leave Egypt. Egypt is anything that blocks our growth, our self-development, maximizing our own potential. So when we say the word freedom in Jewish thought, it has much greater depth than just an historic fact of 3,300 years ago. In Jewish tradition, when we say the word freedom, leaving Egypt from slavery, we're leaving everything we are enslaved to, to modern society, to modern culture, to inappropriate culture, which tears, tears down the fabric of civilized society. We make sure to transmit what we received to the generations to come, that's called freedom. So when we maximize our potential and we recognize our ability to grow, as the Rebbe says, the sign of every living organism is growth and development. When you witness growth and development, then you know you're living, you're looking at a living organism. You want to know you're alive? 
Let us grow. Let us unleash the power and potential that's sitting dormant within us. And when we do that on the Pesach night, sitting around the table with family and friends, that's when we know we are alive and we're celebrating and we're truly free because we are growing as we speak. And if in case we have some past mistakes in our luggage, says the Rebbe, remember something. A springboard is an interesting phenomenon. In order to propel yourself higher, you have to press the springs first down in the opposite direction. Therefore, says the Rebbe, if you've experienced things that brought you down, if the world, so to speak, went through a COVID and a corona and the world came down on its knees and the springs were tightened, and thank God now we're beginning to see the miracle of freedom and healing and health, then we also need to recognize it's a time for growth. Let us unleash those springs and propel ourselves to heights despite the negative past or whatever that may be whether it's an individual negativity or communal negativity, but whatever that may be, when we release our springs and we internalize that, that's when we celebrate. As Rabbi Schneir Zalman, the founder of Chabad says, the verse commands us, you shall be happy on your holiday. Says Rabbi Schneir Zalman, look at the Hebrew. Bechagecha means in your holiday. It doesn't say celebrate on the holiday. It says, bechagecha, your holiday. He says, why is the emphasis on the Bechagecha? Because if you want to be happy on the holiday, you have to customize it, internalize it, and make it your own. When you own the holiday, then you celebrate it. So when we're sitting down at the Pesach Seder table in the eyes of Rabbi Shneir Zalman, we have a choice. Are we celebrating the holiday of our great-great-great-great-grandparents 3,300 years ago? Or are we celebrating also simultaneously our own holiday of freedom and growth, maximizing the gift of life, enjoying our Judaism and helping humanity to the best of our ability. At the Passover Seder, as we know, we dedicate the nights to the four children, the Chacham and the Rasha and the Tam, because in Judaism we know if there are no children, there is no future. That's been the secret of our survival. Asks the Rebbe an interesting question. I'm just embellishing on the question here, but the question is why does the Russia receive the second seat? To elaborate, let us ask, if we're making seating arrangements, it makes sense to give the first seat to the most honorable person in the room, namely the Chacham, the wise child. Seat number two should have gone to the simple child, the ordinary. Seat number three should have gone to the child who doesn't know how to ask. And seat number four, reluctantly, we would also give to the child who comes but protests all night and he's giving us a headache complaining that he doesn't understand the reason why we need to be making and celebrating a Pesach Seder. The Russia, the wicked child. Says the Rebbe, that's incorrect. The Russia is a great child. He's proud of his Jewishness. This seemingly wicked child participates. He's not indifferent. He cares to come, and not just one night, but two nights. And he demands and he says, why are you guys celebrating this? This doesn't belong to us. We should be stopping to do this. 
Perhaps in modern language, the child is saying, I'm frustrated of watching all of this. This is outdated and archaic. And I think we're enlightened people as Jews. We shouldn't be stuck in the past. We should be living the present and the future. But he cares to come and to voice his opinion. Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, there's tremendous potential in this child. He's a good kid. It's just that he doesn't understand you. From his perspective in modern civilization, in modern society, this is not what he's being taught. And in his mind, there is no room for hard old crackers and wine when he can play sports in the modern era. Says the Rebbe, but give him credit. Because he cares, sit him down next to the wise child. And let that wise child share some of his own wisdom and inspiration. And by the time the night is over, perhaps that child too will join the ranks of the wise. And he too will go out later and share his inspiration with others as well. As the Rebbe says, one, one candle ignites another and another and another and it never diminishes from the original flame. So the night of Pesach, we're devoted to Jewish children. We're devoted to education. We're devoted to giving the child the truth of their own story. It is interesting that the previous Rebbe stated that a, a generation will, will yet to come, this was in the 1940s, where the previous Rebbe wrote, a generation will yet to come who will come to its parents with complaints and say, why did you hide it from us? Why did you deny from us the beauty of my Jewish tradition, of my Jewish heritage? Why didn't you tell us about the Shabbos and the Yom Tif? Why didn't you explain it to us, not just tell us words? Why didn't you find all the gimmicks and the tricks to inspire us, to make us want it so we should realize that what we're holding in our hands are heavy baskets of diamonds and of gold, not of heavy rocks and burden and obligation? When we sit around the Pesach Seder table, we have the opportunity to transform heavy rocks into gold and into diamonds by giving joy and celebration to the participants by making sure that every child feels and realizes that what they're holding is something indeed precious. Many years ago, I remember hearing the story when I first went out to Westchester County as the Rebbe Shliach. And a Lubavitcher Shliach shared with me a story that he heard from an individual's family. And that fellow was a Holocaust survivor and the story goes as follows. On all the major Jewish holidays, in every shul around the world, the Kohanim, the priests, the descendants of Aaron, come up to the front, to the bima, and they bless the congregation. That's usually done, except for Simchas Torah. It is done towards the end of Musaf, where we bless the entire community. This particular fellow, every time we got to that place in the davening, his family said, he would all of a sudden leave the shul. Excuse me. And finally they asked him, they said, we realize that you're leaving just before the blessings of the Kohens, of the Kohanim, the Birchas Kohanim. Why is that? And he said, let me share with you my story. He said, I'm a Holocaust survivor and I spent a long time in the concentration camps. But I remember that first Pesach that we were there and we were all heartbroken. For many of us, it was just less than 365 days ago that we were sitting around our tables in our own homes in freedom with our family and friends, our loved ones, our parents and grandparents and children and grandchildren. And here we are 
in the concentration camps, unfortunately in these horrible pajamas, starving. Where is the joy and the happiness of our holiday of Pesach of freedom? He says one of the people in that barrack, a Jewish man, was desperately looking for a matzah. He was determined to at least find some flour and water and create a kosher for Pesach matzah. And somehow, he never told us what he did, but he found by another inmate a whole matzah from another barrack, and this fellow shared with him a 100% kosher for Pesach shmura matzah, handmade matzah. When he brought it to our barrack the night of the Seder, we knew no, no bounds of joy. This was unbelievable, a miracle. In the concentration camp, a matzah? That's impossible. But then all of a sudden we had a conversation. What do we do with this one matzah? The fellow that brought the matzah said, I'm not selfish and I don't want to eat this whole matzah by myself. And if I share it and I give everybody a few crumbs, there were hundreds of people in a barrack, then each person is going to receive so little, the amount doesn't even qualify to make a bracha, a blessing. It's too small of an amount to make the blessing and certainly you don't, do not fulfill the mitzvah of eating matzah the night of the Passover Seder. Until they looked around the barrack and they identified a fellow who before he came to the camps was either a rav, a rabbi, or a chazan, a cantor, or a shamish, he worked in the shul, I don't remember, but one of these, he was a communal figure. And they said to him, you know what? Why don't you lead the Passover Seder? You're always a communal figure. And we will join you, we'll answer Amen, and we'll sing the songs, we'll recite together the words of the Agada from memory, all as one. He says, that night, we were not in the concentration camps. We were transported to happiness. Each of us was thinking in a different location in our homes. Our memories were still fresh. And the night went through, we didn't even realize we barely slept that night. But in the morning, unfortunately, the Nazis found out what happened. They got a hold of the fellow that officiated, and they took him out. And unfortunately, before they shot him dead, on the top of that infamous mound where they forced all the inmates to watch and to scare them, making sure they should all behave, he turned to the Nazi officer and he said, you know, in every civilized society, they give a man his dying wish. And the Nazi allowed him, and the fellow on the top of his lungs, as the entire camp was listening, shouted the words of the Birchas Kayanim, the priestly blessing. And this elderly Holocaust survivor says, I remember those words so clearly. They ring in my ears, and I don't want to hear it again because I do not want to dilute the beauty of his sound, of his voice. And that's why I leave the shul just before the Kayanim come up to recite the Birchas Kayanim. Today, as we're dealing with a generation of even the fifth child, the child in America, as the Rebbe says, who doesn't even care to show up, who suffers of the fifth child syndrome, so to speak. He says to his dad, you want to celebrate the Seder? Go ahead, be my guest. I'm going to play sports with my friends tonight. Mom, you want to enjoy two Seders? Be my guest. I'm going out with my friends tonight. That fifth child is only indifferent because he doesn't know any better. But if and when we give that child an undiluted message 
of the beauty of the holiday of Pesach, of the freedom, of the opportunity that he has to set his goals and set himself free and to join and to celebrate that you're the chosen people. God chose you. Even the Nazi knew that. And here you are, you have the opportunity to continue the golden chain of Jewish survival. And it's all in your hands. And these are the reasons why we do. And you inspire and uplift him and don't knock him and don't insult that child. Then not only says that when you open the door, will he not refuse you, but to the contrary, you will make sure you will put an extra seat at your Pesach Seder table and you will make sure to it to see to it that another Jewish child comes and participates and benefits and celebrates together with you. In the Agadah of Pesach, we say, Praise God. Because it is good. Because his kindness is everlasting. Says Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Bardichev, here lies the secret of happiness and celebration. Celebrate and praise God. That's for the past. How could you do that? Because it's good now also. Because God's kindness is everlasting. When we realize and recognize how much goodness our loving Father in Heaven is giving us, past, present, and future, then we continue with the words as we say in the Agadah, May the soul of every living human being bless your name. We realize and recognize we're not selfish. The Jewish people are not satisfied when just we are doing well. Well, we conclude the Pesach Seder, L'shana Habab, Yerushalayim. By next year, we want to be in Jerusalem. We want Mashiach to come. We want the world to be healed of all its pain and its suffering, its jealousy and its wars. That's what L'shana Habab, Yerushalayim is. A year in Jerusalem where the world finally reaches its peak and God reveals and opens the curtains and brings all the blessings to this world. So yes, are we celebrating an old holiday from 3,300 years ago? Absolutely. But at the same time, let us remember, as Rabbi Schneir Zalman says, it's a personal holiday. It's your growth. It is your freedom. And when you set yourself free and you enable yourself to become the person that you know deep down you could be, <coughs> excuse me, we all know that there is no greater good feeling in life than knowing you are maximizing your own potential. You're on the road to success. You are living your dreams. And as the Rebbe said to the television networks when they asked the Rebbe, what's your message to the world? The Rebbe said, tell the world that Mashiach is on his way. It is up to each and every single one of us to do something additional in the realm of goodness and kindness. An empowering message. No, we're not selfish. <coughs> Excuse me. No, we're not just worried about ourselves. But rather, the Rebbe says, tell the world that the Rebbe sees with his holy vision that we're at the cusp of redemption. We can make it happen now by doing something additional, another mitzvah. So I wish you a kosher and a freilich and Pesach, a happy and a kosher Passover. I wish you l'chaim to life. And on behalf of Chabad Lubavitch, I want to wish you a chakosher v'sameach. May you celebrate this holiday in true growth, in true freedom, and in true happiness. L'chaim.